on the road again. We just can't wait to get on the road again. The life we love is making music with our friends, and we can't wait to get on the road again. On the road again. Going places that we've never been. Seeing things that we may never see again, and we can't wait to get on the road again. On the road again, like a band of gypsies going down the highway. We're the best of friends, insisting that the world keep turning our way. And our way is on the road again. We just can't wait to get on the road again. The love we love is making music with our friends, and we can't wait to get on the road again. There you go on the road again oh with the Jepsons. And that was a little scary. What is it, Annie? Um, notes. Notes from John. With a babble from Bob. And it is Sunday, June the 2nd, 2019. Summer has started. What a great Sunday it's been for us. Why don't you tell them, Bonnie? Isn't it? Well, we were asked to speak in Elko, Nevada at a state conference. So. Yesterday afternoon, we headed down after our temple shift and drove three and a half hours through long stretches of the western desert to Elko, Nevada. And a lot of good people lived there. And we stayed at a little hotel and got up early and went over to the state conference and then got in the car and drove all the drove way back. Home. <laughs> so, but it was an experience. But it was a part of the world that we have never seen. Certainly was. I've never been to the Salt Flats, and we have lived in Salt Lake in Utah our whole lives, and just we've about never, our whole lives anyway. Well, yeah, and have never been three years in New Jersey <laughs> to the Salt Flats. Or did you forget that? I, no, no, that's good. Salt Flats. So it was quite quite a sight to see. <laughs> you, you're such a sight to see. Mm, oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> Indeed it was. And uh, so now today, uh, we thought, before we begin, we'd just give a little shout out to a couple of our grandkids, uh, particularly for Xander, who just turned eight a couple of days ago and uh, was baptized yesterday. And what a sweet little experience that was. Was. They are always so excited to get baptized. And so we're proud that he chose to get baptized. And it was an exciting day for him. And also for our oldest grandson, Dallin, who turned 16. And he said a sweet thing. He said, of all the gifts that I'm going to receive today, there's nothing more precious than the gift of the Holy Ghost, Xander. He spoke and gave Xander, the talk. He spoke at Xander's baptism. baptism. He gave the talk on uh, being baptized and the Holy Ghost and how what a special gift. Oh, he spoke, he gave the uh, Holy Ghost talk, didn't he? And Noah gave the baptism talk, and Noah did a great job yeah, as well. Yeah, Noah did, and all the kids did a great job on their prayers. And We, um, we love it when the grandkids participate in these services, and yeah. so Lib I really liked what Dallin said, that of all the gifts that he was going to get that day for his 16th birthday, none was more precious than the gift of the Holy Ghost. That Xander was getting that same day. Yes. Yeah, that was really good. And I, I uh, was pleased and proud of uh, 
the Boyer kids, the older three, who uh, sang In the Water. And uh, I thought they did a really good job with it. They did. Sweet I was, voices. I was pleased for them. Anyway, congratulations for Xander and and uh, for, for Dallin and knowing, of course, in the background that we've got Bo's 16th birthday coming up here in just less than two weeks now. We love the family little picture of all of our grandkids, arm in arm and hand in hand, and they love each other and they love being together. So all 22 of them, with the other two that are in heaven and the 25th one in Julie's tummy. And due in four weeks. Yeah. Anyway, so anyway, it's been a very nice weekend, and uh, with that highlight of Xander's baptism, and glad that we were able to travel safely to and from Elko and get back tonight. Yes, and we started with this little song on the road again because we want to talk about travel and how we as a couple wanted to make memories all over the world. Heavenly Father's given us this beautiful world, and so we wanted to give a life lesson on trying to see and read and do some things and get out from your backyard. Yeah, it's really important for us to have tried to broaden our horizons uh, rather than just uh, staying in this own little bubble of ours here in Salt Lake City, Utah. But to, in order to broaden those horizons, we've got a, you got couple of ways you can do that. One, you can go watch things on a movie screen, but you never get the real feel for what it's like in another place in the world if you're, if you're not there. Or two, you can read about it. And uh, with pictures, that's, a, that's certainly educational, but there's nothing like going to another place and experiencing the culture in and among the people listening to the, the sounds, seeing the sights, smelling the smells. It's just... Tasting I, the food. Yeah, it's such a remarkable experience to go into different places that you've never been. Uh, even today, uh, being down in Elko, Nevada, we've never been there. It was a different place for us until we ended up in a state conference and everything there then essentially all came together because it was much like every other state conference. We've ever, we were just right at home and an LDS stake conference. Uh, nothing really different there, but the town of Elko was certainly different than, and the area around which it's uh, situated was different than where we are today. The mining town. Yeah, that's right, anyway. Well, I have a favorite little, I have some thoughts and quotes that I've loved, and one was, cover the earth before it covers you. And I thought that if you can go out and do you get that, you don't quite get that. Cover the earth with what? Cover the earth. Go and see it before the earth covers you, before you're dead. Oh, you don't mean to cover the earth with something? No, go out and see it. Cover all the earth. Go out and see it. It's like reading a book from cover to cover. You go out and we have a bucket list that we've had for a while of things we wanted to see and do. And, and even if it's just small places, What's interesting is we all think we have to go far and see exotic places, but there is a lot right in your own backyard, they, so to say, in your own, the own, your, your own town that, that you live in. And we have lived here in Utah and haven't seen a lot of things that are right here in Utah. What were some of the things that were most 
dramatic to you in places around the world where we've been that was just surprising to you? Well, I think the main, the one of the main um, trips that we went on was China because it was such a different culture. I'd read a little bit about it, but I thought, oh, I'll never get there. But when we had the opportunity to actually go there, there are civilizations <laughs> clear across the world that you don't realize. I mean, you realize they're there, but they're functioning and having families and doing things just like all of us. They're all of God's children, and it was, it was an amazing sight to see. And I just was I'm grateful that we've been able to budget our time and our finances to be able to do some of these things. When I looked at us when we were younger and we went to, you know, little places around Utah, which was great. It was better than just staying home and not doing anything. And um, because another one that says where travel opens your heart, it broadens your mind, and it fills your life with stories to tell. And we have some great stories that we've been able to to share with our children and our grandchildren and with each other where it helps us to have memories all over the world and it helps us to see where there's so many other people that occupy this world and then when you see and when you read in books I mean if you can't travel very far there is like you said you can read books you see those pictures of those natives that are in Africa that are hidden those tribes native tribes that are still there it blew me away when we went to Africa and we saw the Maasai tribes. Is that how you say it? Maasai tribes? Maasai, yeah, Maasai tribes. And how they live in little huts, how they dress. It was interesting when in Africa, um, again, we were just felt so blessed to be able to go there in Kenya. And there was this, uh, this, this tribe of natives that we went to and, and they're, and it was hot outside and their children group of maybe 40 children were being taught by the all of them in, together and collectively in a group by their teacher no school room no school room they were all under a tree where there was a some shade for them but so uh, as we got a, up closer to them we were standing I was there in my Levi's and um, they after a couple of minutes as they were just kind of looking at these uh, tourists that were looking at them I lifted up the pant leg of my left leg so they could see my prosthesis. <laughs> you just should have seen the looks on these little kids' faces. Their eyes got big, and uh, it was just, as a matter of fact, some of them kind of scrambled so they would get further away they from me. They were afraid. And I, I, I motioned to one of them that was one of the older ones in the group, and it was probably, I don't know, 10 or 11 or something like that, and motioned him to come up and then so that I could take his hand and, and have his fingers touch my uh, uh, my prosthetic device and so that he could see that there wasn't anything to hurt him or anybody else. And of course, once he did that, all of them wanted to come come up and touch it. Anyway, it was, a, it was such an interesting, sweet little experience. Well, what I loved about Africa was that they were happy with really nothing. With what they knew, that's all they knew. They didn't have TVs and and uh, fancy sports cars, or they were happy with what they had, which was real. They just were concerned about clean water, which again, humanitarian 
travel and adventure has helped the world immensely. A lot of young people go on those humanitarian travels to help and see the world. We, we made a kind of a, a goal right at the beginning of our marriage that we would we would try to save our funds and and go on a meaningful trip somewhere. Um, we tried to do it every year. It didn't happen every year, but but we've been to a lot of places and. Uh, well, it's and like what the Dalai Lama said. You know, do you know who he is, John? He's a yes. Okay, I, I well. know who the Dalai Lama is. <laughs> I want to make sure. <laughs> He said, once a year, go someplace you've never been before. And that's what we've tried to do. So, And that has broadened our horizons in a number of different ways. Not only the exposure to, uh, to the uh, culture, uh, the actual people themselves, and their clothing, their food. <laughs> Man, am I grateful for the food we have here in America, as opposed to some of the things we we saw in China or some of the stuff in Africa, man. I'm, I'm grateful for the food we have. It's because you're used to that. Well, sure I am. Besides, even, it tastes a whole lot Even some of our better. missionaries <laughs> in, the, in the Philippines, when they talked about that little balut, is that what it was? Yeah, uh, it was. A little egg that still had the baby chick that had started forming, not quite all the way formed. It was a delicacy to them, and they loved it. And we all just went, mm, I don't think so. Did you eat one? No, I never even saw one. But some of the missionaries, the American missionaries tried it. And they kind of went, mm, no thanks. Yeah. But to them, that's yeah. what they knew. So it's just, to me, it's just been exciting to put down on our bucket list things that we have want to still see and do and experience. And when there's a, another saying that says, travel before you run out of time. And it was also interesting for us to observe in a number of places the religious ex, um, experience of different cultures. Uh, on our way back from our, our trip to China, I believe it was, we, we were blessed to be able to go to... Uh, Bali. Bali. That and was in, amazing. You know, Bali is just you know, this Buddhist country and uh, everywhere we went on that island, there was uh, there were these shrines everywhere. I mean, you, you couldn't look almost any place and not see a shrine of some kind. Maybe Hindu. I, I think it was Hindu. Maybe Hindu. Could be Hindu. Yeah. But boy, I, I mean, the shrines were just everywhere. And they had offerings that they would place in front of each door that they would spend all so much time making incense and you know, burned offerings and they'd put it in front of their their motorcycle in front of their door in front of their um, market but the thing that to, to me that was remarkable was the religious devotion that they had to their concept of god well that's what the incense were the offerings and to their god sure sure it was and it was to I me mean, it was remarkable and, and they it was so prevalent that it was uh, it was surprising to me how prevalent and uh, how open it was. So many places around uh, here in the United States, m many people are you know willing to share openly their religious beliefs, but others uh, are you know keep it quite close to the vest, and and you'd have a hard time by just looking at someone or looking at their home 
if they were a given denomination. However, if you're in Bali, there's no question because of the shrines and um, these offerings that they have all over their, their properties. So that, to me, was, was quite impressive. Uh, some other, uh, other opportunities that we've been blessed over the years, we, uh, we've gone to a number of the, uh, the Caribbean islands and uh, uh, just, again, seen uh, cultures in those islands. Man, you, it's, it's such a delightful place to visit until a hurricane comes. And then you don't yeah. want to be there when you, there's a hurricane in one of those Caribbean islands. Well, where were we when? Oh, we were in Bora Bora. <coughs> well, that Bora Bora, yeah, that's a French oh, Polynesian. Sorry. That's not but Caribbean. I know, but when we were in Bora Bora and there was a, oh, yeah. a, an, er, er, a Tsunami an earthquake warning. in the middle of the ocean. And they said, we were in one of these little grass huts. And they came and said, you need to leave your room right now. And it was four in the morning. And I thought they were crazy. I said, well, we can't leave at four in the morning. And she said, a tsunami is coming. Boy, did we ever get out of there. <laughs> and we ran to this hotel. It was uh, way up higher high high on, on the, the ground. I mean, nothing really became of it, but I thought, whoa. And so we didn't want to be there with, during a tsunami either because that's happened to some vacationers. But they said that um, if you think travel is dangerous, try routine. It's lethal. Yeah, well, tra travel can be dangerous, and, and certainly we all know that. As a matter of fact, Bonnie and I had an experience in, in a, a cruise uh, experience that we went on, uh, I don't know, five years ago or so, where we went on a Mediterranean cruise. And that Mediterranean cruise stopped in... Uh, Tunisia. Tunisia and stopped in um, Spain... France, France and Italy, Italy and, and on a couple of other islands. <coughs> but anyway, when, it when we stopped in Tunisia, and for the younger ones that are listening, Tunisia is on the north end of Africa. So we got off the, the ship, and the night before, our traveling companions, um, Marilyn and Debbie Dayton, we were talking about which excursion we wanted to go on. And uh, Merrill wanted to go to a particular uh, government building where there was it was almost like a museum in, in and around that area. And I was uh, I was kind of tired of going in museums. I wanted to go see um, one of the local towns was that was the other choice. And so after talking about it, we finally were fortunate to um, to be able to pick going to this little town and seeing the culture up front. By the way, while we were in that town, there was this man that was trying to hit on Bonnie. You remember him? Oh, he just wanted me to buy his jewelry. Well, yeah, after he kissed you on the cheek. Well, that was... Right? He wanted to, yeah. me to buy more jewelry. Yeah. That's why he kissed you on the cheek, huh? Yeah, that's right. I see. <laughs> anyway, so um, on the way back from visiting this little village back to our, our cruise line, we saw military personnel at a number of the intersections. And then when we got finally to the, and I kind of wondered, what, why all this military presence? By the time we got back to our ship and got on the ship, um, <coughs> we 
I think we get a, how did that go? We got a phone call from our We daughter. were down in our rooms waiting for the ship to dip, um, For everybody else to come on and get and, on the ship um, so we could leave. We got a phone call, and when I saw that it was Emily, our daughter, I kind of panicked because I thought, oh, they only call when there's an emergency. So I got on the phone and said, is everyone all right? And she said, are you all right? Your cruise ship is all over the news. And we went, what? She says, yes, you've had a terrorist attack in Tunisia on um, Tora, or your uh, passengers from your, your ship and the ship next to you, which was the Costa, Costa from another uh, cruise line. And we thought, you're kidding. So I ran upstairs uh, up on the top deck, looked over with everybody else looking over. I had no idea. We had no idea. No idea. And they had all these police off, policemen, and it was uh, quite intense. It was, and what had happened is that uh, these terrorists, a group of them, attacked the uh, the tourists that were that went to that government uh, museum. The the Marilyn and I had discussed it, uh, it was one of the possibilities we could go to, and we elected not to go there. Had we elected to go there, mm. we could have been in a serious problem. There was 10 people that were killed between our ship and the ship next to us. I don't know how many were injured, but some were injured enough that they had to stay in Tunisia to have their, their injuries taken care of uh, because the, our, our ship was delayed for 12 hours. There was 10 from our ship and 9 from oh, the other ship. Oh, is that what it ship. was? Yeah, there was quite a few. Okay. So it was delayed, and we just kind of sat there as sitting ducks, and we all kind of freaked out a little bit because we thought, whoa, this is too close to home. We, we really felt the hand of the Lord in that, uh, that event. Uh, Meryl and Debbie had just uh, a few months before that been called to serve as mission president and wife over the, um, the Madrid-Spain no, Barcelona, Barcelona, me, Barcelona. Barcelona, Spain temp, or mission. And this, this uh, cruise was in March, and they were to leave at the end of June. I'm, I'm confident that our Heavenly Father blessed us to make the right decision as, in this instance as to where, where we ought to go that day and in order to avoid the, the terrorist attack that happened. And as we disembarked the next morning, they had all these military ships around us. And yeah. another, another, we've had a few exciting things happen when we were off the shore of Cuba. And we had that jet. All of a sudden, the ship came to a halt. I was oblivious again. I was too involved. And you said, the ship has stopped. And I said, no. And sure enough... And up around us was a Cuban missile, or I mean, Cuban not jet fighter. A jet fighter, a Russian jet fighter, circling our ship. Yeah, because we were in their waters. Because we had a passenger that had to get off the the ship, and so a helicopter came and lowered down the basket and picked her up and flew away. And that was pretty exciting. It was. No question that there are events that can occur that uh, are unforeseen, but that happens at home too. Um, events that are unforeseen happen all the time. That's not going to deter us from continuing our desire to, as I've, I've uh, captioned this episode, is go and do. 
I could say go and see or go and experience. Um, but, but make goals along the way for you to have an opportunity to go and see other places, to learn what you can about other people, their cultures, their religious practices, their languages, their food, their customs. And it's been just such an eye-opening experience. We still have a huge desire to be able to get down to South America, which we've never been anywhere in South America. Oh, there's many places we'd like yeah, to go. We'd love to, to go and experience South America. We've been to Mexico several times, which has been fun. Central America as well. And but what, that, what, I, what, what impressed me about it, and the couple I knew, is when they were first married, they put a little envelope away uh, for travel, and they would put, they'd put their change and their money, extra things in there. And they didn't travel far the first couple of years because they, they were still on a strict budget. They went like down to Goblin Valley. They went to Kolob Canyon. We still haven't seen Kolob Canyon. We haven't seen the Grand Canyon, thank I you. I know. That's what I'm saying. There are places to see close by where you don't have to spend a lot of money. And then why haven't we gone to the Grand Canyon? <laughs> Why haven't we been to Kolob Canyon? <laughs> For the same <laughs> so they're reason. right in our backyard. <laughs> so there are these little places that you get to see, and they're so beautiful that the Lord's created. So, and they just save their their money that way, so that they can go and do things just right around their own area. And and we've been fortunate enough to be able to have saved a little bit more money to be able to do that. So I just think travel and going and doing is adventurous. And we've had lots of great memories, and we just want to encourage our children, our grandchildren, the missionaries, and to save money for when they have an opportunity to go travel. Like when um, one of our grandsons didn't want, he was in a cappella or in the choir. They were going to go to California, and he goes, oh, I don't really want to go to California. I've been there several times. But we encourage them to go because there'll be new adventures, new friends to make, new things to see, which he went. And when he came back, he said, oh, I'm so glad I went because I learned so much and, and uh, made new friends and had a great time and saw new things. Every, every time you go somewhere, you're going to have new experiences. So. Well, yeah, you are. And, and for me, I th as, as interesting as all of it is, the... I think probably the, the most compelling thing that stays with me is that <laughs> there are billions of people on this earth and they're all sons and daughters of God, every single one. And he knows every one of them. He knows their circumstances. He knows their joys, their sorrows. It's just overwhelming for me to think about how our Father in Heaven can be aware, intimately aware, of every single one of the literally, what, over six billion people, seven billion people on the earth today, and, uh, and to observe them in large crowds walking along the street, along the, uh, the walkways, along the paths, Every one of them has their own individual story. And they're as, all precious. As do we. Father. They are, every one of them. And we're grateful for a, a realization that we are all children of a loving Father in heaven.
who wants us to be happy, to be successful, and yet allows us to be here to make our own decisions. And at times we are, uh, we are the recipients of the actions of the or the actions of others and in their exercise of free agency, and unfortunately, oftentimes, those events are not positive. Right. So, whenever you have an opportunity, no matter where it is, try to go and travel. It will invigorate your mind, your body, your spirit, and you'll have memories and stories to tell for years to come. Yeah, you will, and hopefully, you won't be in Cancun and get stopped twice like I did. <laughs> By these crooked cops that uh, <laughs> wasn't doing anything wrong, but they said uh, they saw you coming. Yeah, they sure did, and said, you know, you pulled me over, and and I said I wasn't doing anything wrong, and says, well, yeah, you're you're doing this or that and the other, which wasn't true. They said, well, look, you can either argue it here, or, uh, well, you can pay us now a certain sum of money, or we're going to take you down to the station, and it's an hour away, and it's going to take the rest of your day. You were chapped. So I was unhappy. <laughs> and I got it again a second time. I think it was the next day. Oh, my gosh. That was not a good deal. Well, you had a good story to tell. Yeah, I, I sure did. <laughs> anyway, we love you all. It's nice to just spend a few minutes with you tonight, and hope you, as we finish off our little podcast tonight, we'll finish with the, the conclusion of On the Road Again. and. Uh, Especially with my cold, it sounds so great. It so, certainly does. <laughs> so that's going to be all that it is tonight <coughs> on Notes from John. With a babble from Bon. Good night. Good night. On the road again, like a band of gypsies, we go down the highway. We're the best of friends, insisting that the world keep turning our way. And our way, on the road again. We just can't, can't wait to get, get on, on the, the road, road again. The life of love is making music with our friends. And we can't wait to get on the road again. this off, man. Yeah.